1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP-01005
3: Directing traffic from the base of the ruck, it's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the rugby run on ESPNZ.
4: It's just gone one o'clock here on SENZ, the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball with you No, Justin Marshall today, he has been flattened by a flu like he's been hit by Jerry Collins. Uh, he uh, said to me he was broken. And so, no, uh, Justin Marshall today uh, must be a, a hangover, TJ, from uh, all those castle lagers in South Africa over the last two weeks.
5: Oh, I'm, I'm sure it was all business with Justin. Um <laughs> Mate, I know what it's like to get hit by something when you have been travelling. I don't. know, For some reason, they always seem to be worse. You get off the plane, so and it would. As we all know, it it, it takes a lot to, to 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 put Justin Marshall down. So I don't. I don't think we can. Uh, I don't think we can speculate as to anything under ward there. I think. Uh, yeah, poor wee boy. I hope he's uh, lying in bed there with a you know nice hot lemon drink beside him. Yeah,
4: indeed. Yeah, we wish him well. Wish him well. Hopefully, he's back uh, next week. But. TJ, thank you to you for coming on, mate, at, at, at late notice. I hope the hamstrings are well warmed up and you're ready to go off the bench.
5: <laughs> well, it's certainly been a big weekend, hasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. we had a hell of a day yesterday. Uh, three games to air at North Harbour Stadium alone. I think there's something like uh, 14 matches going to air over the weekend. So uh, it certainly stretched everyone's resources but, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun at the moment. Um, you know, the, I love the way the uh, NPC's shaping up, getting a a really even contest. You're getting a few of the upsets that people like, and of course, a you know pretty good performance
4: by the Black Ferns last night. Yeah, well, let's start with the Black Ferns because yeah, pretty good performance, you say. It's understatement, isn't it? Fifty-two to five, absolutely buried the Wallaroos, who I think, you know, when we saw in that Pack Four Cup when uh, when the the Black Ferns played them, it looked like they'd closed the gap a bit. But I think just a little bit of extra time under Wayne Smith, and uh, boy, the Black Ferns look a different side.
5: Yeah, what I really liked was just the intensity of the performance. I mean, you could argue that, okay, uh, Australia, not one of the elite teams in the world at the moment. You've got to look at England and France as probably the two teams that are going to be the hardest to beat when you get to the World Cup. But, you know, Australia's still got a lot of good players. But I I just like the physical intensity, the the directness of it. I thought the forwards very much laid the the foundation. I was particularly impressed by... uh, the two Bremners, Alana Bremner at a number six, I think she had a terrific game. That's a, that's a really good loose trio with McMenamin coming back into the side. She looked good. Kennedy Simon, who's probably been the best player in New Zealand over the last uh uh year or so in the women's fifteens game and, and Brenda, that uh that was that was a, a, a terrific loose forward trio and, and the Aussies just couldn't handle it.
4: No, they couldn't mate. They they didn't have an answer. It's gotta be a worry for them ahead of the World Cup, but, but looking at us and, and looking at what Wayne Smith and co. have done, uh, I, I mean, I think at the end of year two or last year, we saw those Northern Hemisphere sides, England and, and France, you mentioned, you know, sort of really uh, beating us in terms of mobility around the park of their forwards. And they, you know, so they beat us to the breakdown and they were good at set-piece. So can we measure an improvement against the Wallaroos in terms of that? I mean, do we do we know how that's going to look if we play, say, England or France?
5: Well, the ultimate answer, I guess, won't come until those games take place at the World Cup. But I think the signs are very promising. Um, there's a sort of a mixture of power and mobility. I think the ball and hand stuff was really good, but the set piece was good. Of course, you you, you know you, you've, you've got the uh, the, the scientists, the professor um, Mike Cron working away there. They're, they're, um, the strength at, at scrum time, the line out looked efficient. Um, where, where again those same name, Bren they kept popping up a uh, really good um, quality ball. Uh, and also, you know, there's always that. Uh, and, and Wayne Smith, you know, said before the game that he he wanted to sort of treat it as an opportunity to get players out uh, on the field so that, you know, you, you take off probably the person who's been New Zealand's most influential player in recent times, Kendra Coxage. You take her off, but, you you know, you bring on a, a player like Tyler Nathan Wong, who's more known as a sevens player, but she did a nice job clearing the ball away. And the other players, um, the, the player that really um, oppresses me is um, uh, Leti Inga, the, the winger. Um, she, she's in, she's incredible. Um, her speed off the mark and, and her ability to change direction at speed is, uh, is absolutely fantastic. So she's going to be a weapon come World Cup as well. And it was, just great to see them. You know, you see players like that, um, no matter what game that you're covering. Is you I think get the ball in their hands, and, and that's what they did more and more as the game went on. She really cut some capers.
4: Yeah. What do you think? Um, if anything, they can improve on. Get looking at Adelaide next weekend. Where do you think they will be looking? I think it's just all just a
5: general progression. Um, I think that you know the fitness levels will be improving as as they go on. I think that was a. That was a bit of a key factor. But I think, really, it's just in, in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the direct play of the forwards. You know, aggressive ball running seems to be a style that's developing. Um, and and just using the, the, the skills, the talent of the players that they've got to maximum advantage. And, and that's something, of course, that's always been a specialty of Wayne Smith. I mean, they'll be keeping stuff up their sleeves as well. They'll, they'll know that the other teams are watching them. Um, but but I, I just think, you know... It, they're trending upwards at the moment, and, and they they've got to kick on. They've, they've obviously set themselves a pretty high bar, winning the match by 50 points. But you know, and and making sure that that trophy stays. It means a lot to them, that Laurie O'Reilly trophy. But I, I just think more of the same. Um, I, I think he'll again he'll look to, to you know give other members of the squad plenty of opportunity because uh, you know Wayne Smith, like everyone, he knows when you come to the World Cup you know, you lose one of your key players, you've got to know that someone who steps in uh, to take the role uh, has been there before. And that'll be important as well. So, you know, he he may well make some changes in that regard. Um, But I think, you know, he'll be looking at it. It's a whole group thing. It's not just about who their first 15 is. It's about what they achieve as a group. Um, Even if it's with different players in, in some different positions, they just need to build
4: on this. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's interesting you said that because I do expect to be maybe uh, in Adelaide we will see a bit more of an experimental 15. You know, maybe the likes of Kendra Coxage and that may start on the on the pine. I don't know. But it'd be good to see Tyler Nathan Wong get a few more minutes because Kendra is so um, so important to, to that Blackfern's team that if she does go down, it'd be good to see what else is there and how they operate without her.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's quite quite possible. As I say, I think they'll they'll want to keep um, keep the foot down. They won't want to slacken the effort. But I, I think that that'll be the goal. You know, of, of Wayne Smith that we achieve the same results. We achieve the same level of performance, even if we change some of the players around. I mean, you're right. I mean, Kendra's just been so hugely um, influential. She was in Player of the Year not that long ago, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. But um, she wasn't the only. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, really the way she um, controlled things at ten, um, and um, I, you know, I, re- I just really um, like the way it, it's it's building, you know. And I, I think that the perhaps the, the, the physicality, the you know, the confrontation, the, the you know, the direct lines of running, that perhaps we weren't seeing um, last year. They're all there, and so yeah, it all well. It's still going to be a really tough job trying to win the world cup i mean there's no question that the game has come on or gone on in leaps and bounds in the uk and in france uh, the uk where it really has taken over as a um you know a priority over the sevens and in france of course where they've got so much money to, to develop the game so um you know you, you can't get carried away with it we won't know how good this team is until we play some of those teams but i as i say it's
4: very encouraging, what we saw last night. Yeah, very. All right, well, uh, we'll, we'll uh, park the uh, Black Ferns for now after that impressive performance, 52-5, over the Wallaroos last night at Orange Theory Stadium. Let's move on to uh, the Bunnings Warehouse NPC, mate, uh, because there's been, you mentioned it, it's a tight competition. There have been some upsets, uh, but, I mean, on Friday counties Manukau versus Waikato I mean counties had Hoskins, Tutu Nipo, Laulala, Dalton, Papa Li'i, uh released to them by the All Blacks and I saw their price at the TAB go from I think two seventy when that was announced to at uh, kick off ninety seven. so a lot of people obviously got on it and it was a tight game and it was one that you know the lead kept changing but it, at you know 20 all it could have gone either way
5: Yeah in the end I think Waikato took a bit of a step up you know the it hasn't been a, a, a totally convincing start to the season. Remember, they uh, got the, sh- the share of the points, didn't they, in their first game against Bay? who are a tough opponent. But that was a draw, and then they battled a bit to put away the Tunnyfar. But mind you, how have they improved? I think that you know their effort was certainly put into context yesterday. But I, I thought this was a step up from from Waikato. In in the first half, Counties certainly looked like they had the game to take it to them, um, but perhaps. Strength on the bench was a telling factor in the end. I think Waikato were able to bring players uh, off the bench and, and, and just influence the game. And, and they finished really strongly. Um, and they come away with a deserved win in the end. Uh, you know, discipline's proving to be a, a, a big factor in a lot of the games that we're seeing. And I, I don't think counties, uh, their, their discipline was, was where it needed to be uh, at crucial stages of the game. Um, yeah, there were some um, you know really good performances. I thought Locker and McQuannle had a really great game for Waikato the, um, at, at Lock, Um And, you know, Damien McKenzie, I, you, know, I, you know, controlled things pretty well too. So that that, that was a good effort from them. Counties Monaco, they'll be a bit uh, disappointed in, um, that they weren't able to achieve a bit more um, with what's likely to be uh, only fleeting appearances from, from their All Blacks, I suppose, uh, the one worry for them will be the fact that Ateni Nanai Saturu appeared to pick up an injury and that'll be a real worry because he's just been in such electrifying form. Mm,
4: Yeah, no, fair fair caller. Hopefully he's not too badly injured. Uh, It's interesting you mentioned Damien McKenzie because... I remember, you know, he had three opportunities to win that game against Hawks Bay and couldn't take them. I thought he was a bit patchy uh, in this game. Um, you know, he, he has in the past as a ten had a, uh, you know, moments where he gets lost, he gets a bit headless chicken and runs himself in alleys and gets isolated. I'm not sure he's fully got that under control yet. Do You, do you think he, there's more to come from him post Japan? Is, is that oh. what this is about? He's just still, still trying to get back there.
5: Yeah, I, I, look, I think so. It wasn't just that opening game. Um, you know, there's some sort of talk about his form towards the end of the Japanese season as well. And I guess he's having to make an adjustment and it's probably not, not an easy ju- adjustment for a player in that position coming back to New Zealand. But I, I still think, you know, that this is a team that's going to fight tooth and nail to hang on to that title that they played so well to win because he wasn't part of that. Um, but, you know... He, he, don't worry, he, he he'll feature. Um, he, he'll be a part of it. Um, but uh, to to me, um, you know, the players around him. Are, you know, um, Baylen Sullivan's having a really good year. Um, uh, I like, you know, the, the, some of the, the way the forwards go. Although it looked like uh, McPenny Spinelli picked up a it looked like he made it might have dislocated his shoulder. Mm. Um, so that would be a bit of a loss. But you know. It was, they were able to bring guys off the bench that had a a really good impact. I think Reese Marshall um, probably and Ollie Norris um, in particular. But, uh, you know, I I wouldn't... uh, They're still unbeaten. You know, they've had two wins and a draw to start the season. That puts them in pretty good shape.
4: Yeah, that does put them in pretty good shape, mate. A better shape than maybe... Uh, Hawks Bay are in at the moment. They had a, a tight win against Counties, of course, uh, early, and they had that draw against uh, Waikato. I was a bit surprised to see them lose to Otago midweek, uh, but Otago seem to be a team, maybe a bit like Northland, that are that are better than maybe we expected them to be at the start of the season.
5: Yeah, look, uh, Hawks Bay. I think a big focus for them is going to be retaining the Ranfurly Shield.
4: Um, and you know, tough
5: one uh, to go south to Otago in the middle of the week. It's this storm week. Um, obviously, they um, defended the Ranfurly Shield against Counties um last week, and then and they've got another game today. Although you know, Manu two, they, they should be able to win that. But I, I think um, just you know, the open nature of it, you you got to make the top four. That's first and foremost. for their priority prior to be, be hanging on to that Ranfurly Shield. They're going to have a great. The, the next challenge is going to be a great one. I think uh, North Harbour, the way they Stepped up, and I mean, if you're looking at a team who's uh, got some early trouble, I think it might be Kasman. Um mm. You know, they've, they've had two losses now. They they had to work really hard to put Southland away in the first game. They were you know, pretty well beaten by Otago, and then uh, they came up against a terrific performance by North Harbour last night. So, um, you know, they've got they've got injury problems. They uh, they had what Quinton Strange and. Max Hicks and the more, the more you see of Hicks the more you like him. Uh, what you see in that player but they both went off with head knocks um, and, and so I think if, if there's a team that's got a few problems at the moment it might just be Tasman
4: Yeah that's a fair call, actually on that Ben who's producing this show Tony uh, during the week, uh, this week just gone, said you watch North Harbour will win the Shield against Hawke's Bay next weekend. Um, now, uh, b- basically, what you've seen uh, from North Harbour, because they beat Tasman yesterday, uh, what you've seen about Hawke's Bay, what chance do you give the Harbour boys? I'd give them a chance for sure. I mean, as I
5: say, I think you, you go to Hawke's Bay, you want to win the Ramford Shield. That, you know, it's a part of the country where they really... Place a great deal of importance on things like you know um, the Ranfurly Shield because you know they've got people around them. Um, every time you go to McLean Park, there's Blair Furlong, who was part of the, the great era in the in the late 60s. Ian McCrae there as well. I mean, you know, they they understand what the Shield's about. So you know, you better take your A game if you want to have any chance. But I, I absolutely think um, that Harbour have got a chance. Uh, I you know they've got a, a forward pack that's You know, going along really nicely. Um, Just a couple of players that stand out. Cameron Suafor, we saw a bit of him playing for the Blues. You know, he looks like a guy who's, uh, you know, making real progress in the game. Um, They're getting the best out of, you know, some journeyman players like um, Nick Mayhew, um, Ray Neuia. They'll be pleased to have him back. Uh, Mike Curry from Moana Pacifica. and really like the look of the new um, open side flanker, Jed Melvin. Uh, he's come out of Orewa College, and he had a terrific game uh, against Tasman. And then in the back line, well, uh, hopefully for them, they will have uh, Mark uh, Talia back. Kate Banks did really well last night, but you've got a back three of Sean Stevenson, Mark Talia, Tavita Lee. T- mm. Tavita Lee is just shooting the lights out at the moment. He looks as good as he's ever looked since coming back. Stevenson, um, we know that he's capable of doing extraordinary things. And, and to Leah as well. And, and, of course, at the middle of it all, Jamie Booth, has just made a switch. He's just looking for something a bit different. He's come to Harbour. And Gatland uh, last night, best player on the field, their ability to control the game, I, I, this is going to be a fantastic Shield match. I'd definitely give Harbour a shout. If they can continue to improve and develop on, you know, on the evidence of what we saw in their game against Tasman, I would definitely give them a chance of, of winning the Shield. Um, but we know how tough Hawks Bay will be to beat.
4: Yeah, they will be beat. Actually, I, I have to say, I was watching that Harbour game, uh, the length that Bryn Gatlin's getting on some of those penalties really surprised me because, I mean, I've never met the bloke, but he doesn't, like, you know, he's not a big guy like a Reese Hodge or a Geordie Barrett where you expect them to be able to kick penalties from 50 metres, but he's he's been able to do that in this game.
5: Well, he kicked one from 50, and I said at the time I thought that would be probably nearing the, uh, the outer limits of his range. That didn't mean I didn't think he was going to kick it. Um, but what I meant was that you know he, he's not; it he doesn't have a reputation for banging them over from inside his own half. But mm. what I like about Bryn Gatlin, first of all, you know he, he has so much authority about his play at this level. He's been a, a, a match winner for Harbour. Um, remember the drop goal he got when uh, they beat Otago um, to win promotion. They won the championship, got promotion to the, the, the Premiership a few years ago. Uh, he's just on top of his game. I think he's reveling with the responsibility of captaincy. He's got a maturity about his play. His, you know, he he's not scared to take the ball to the line. But what he does really well is he takes the ball to the line. He keeps them guessing. But the ability to get away a good pass uh, just ahead of contact. Um, and got two strong guys outside him, Tafu and, and see both from Moana Pacifica. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot to like about it. But in particular, as I say, Gatlin, uh he, he's just revelling in his role at the moment. He'll be a key man in Napier.
4: Yeah, he will be. All right, mate. Hey, listen, I, I, I've got to say, as a frustrated punter, Tony, I saw this come mm. through from Canterbury uh, NPC's uh, media outfit the other day. The team to play Taranaki. Daniel Leonard Brown, Shiloh Klein, Oli Yeager, Luke Romano, Sam Darry, Billy Harmon, Tom Christie, Cullen Grace, Mitch Drummond, Fergus Burke, George Bridge, Rameka Pohepi, Dallas McLeod, Willie Golta and Shea Fihaki. I mean, that is stacked with super rugby talent, and they're playing a Taranaki team uh, who looked well and truly off the pace against Bay of Plenty last week. So uh, you can manage my surprise after backing them to win 13-plus that uh, when they're 16 nil down with 10 minutes to play, what the hell's going on there?
5: Yeah, um, it just proves you can't take anyone lightly in this competition. Taranaki, well, I, you know, same, same here, I was rung by another radio station, a different radio station on Friday morning and we went through the games for the weekend and that one, I think, got about a line, one line of comment was, Taranaki have really struggled, Canterbury are looking awesome, can't see anything other than a Canterbury win. And so I think, uh, I think a lot of us um, w- were caught in that way of thinking, but um, to me, there was something delightfully old-fashioned about that game. There was actually a bit of mud. <laughs> and and you know, I, I watched the end of it. because I, I, I was uh, I headed up to North Harbour Stadium because I was doing the game there. But I sat. There, I was just watching it on the Sky Go um, before I went up to the commentary box and watching it at the end. And Canterbury threw everything at them, and you kept thinking, "Oh God, you know that they will they will steal it." And I'm not saying I didn't I wanted Canterbury to lose or anything, but you know we all love an upset, and you know Taranaki of course such a proud province and hadn't made a good start. and you, You're thinking, oh, can they hang on? Um, and it was a combination of factors. Um, but the main one was is that they just tackled like demons when it really counted at the end. They got away to a lead, made Canterbury chase the game. Conditions probably weren't entirely conducive to trying to chase down even a 16-point deficit. Normally, you know, you'd back Canterbury to do it. But just the odd, you know, really stinging, rib-tickling tackle or... Maybe a, you know, a forward dropping the ball, trying to steam onto it, and slightly slippery ball. Uh, in the end, oh, you know, Taranaki got a deserved win. And, of course, that, that really has just thrown things open. Um, when you look at the, 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 the pools, um, that's left Auckland top of the table, Canterbury in, in second place. Um, but it's just, it's just thrown things open a bit, and uh, you've you got to like that.
4: Got to love that, mate. Got to love that. Uh, we've got some big games today, of course. Uh, you'll be able to park up on the couch and watch these. Uh, what's the standout match for you? Well, uh, obviously, I'm going to be watching the Auckland Bay of Plenty game
5: because uh, that's for the John Drake boot and uh, named after a guy who was not only a colleague of mine but a, a great friend of mine, John Drake. Um, and so there's, it's, it's always one you know that I like to watch. Auckland's going well. There's only two unbeaten teams at the moment. Um, Auckland and Waikato. Waikato have had a draw. Um, Auckland, you know, um, it, it's at the end of a... Um, oh, sorry, it's, it's it's a big game for them. Um, but I, I, Bay of Plenty have got a pretty good team too. So I think that'll be a really good contest. And then, of course, you, you've got to like um, Southland Otago. Um, Southland, uh, they, they've got a better team this year. The, the results... Um, May not be there at the moment, but I think they're a better side. Otago to me look really good. Um, there's, there's something about them that, that of course, uh, they'll, they'll have to play this one outside. Um, they're, they're very good at playing <laughs> under their own roof, but you know, this is one of the great traditional fixtures in New Zealand rugby. Um, in fact, the days gone back in the old days, you know, they used to fill up the trains and, and wherever the game was playing, the fans would travel there. Probably won't be quite the same as today, but there'll, there'll be a bit of needle there. And then later on, Hawke's Bay, a or two really uh, battled out of the blocks, haven't they? Uh, I think um, Hawks Bay, as long as they don't take their eye off the ball, uh, like Canterbury did for a while yesterday, they they should come away with the chocolates
4: there. Yeah, good stuff, Tony. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming off the bench and uh, helping us uh, helping us out here on the rugby run with Marshy laid up ill. Really appreciate it, mate. Go well and enjoy your afternoon on the couch. No problem. Always happy to help, Ricardo. Good stuff. Uh, Tony Johnson there from Sky Sports, commentator extraordinaire, of course, uh, called All Blacks Games this season as well, and uh, one of the voices you'll hear on the Bunnings Warehouse NPC throughout the season as well. It's 1.23. Uh, 8883 is the temper bedpost text machine. double eight double three and uh, 0800 150 uh, If you've uh, got something you want to contribute on the rugby run today, the Black Ferns, what did you make of that? How much of a difference... Has Wayne Smith and co-made, Mike Cron-, Cron in there as well, coaching the scrums? I'm keen to get your thoughts on that. And that Canterbury team, I just read it out before, absolutely stacked. Maybe you were in the NACI. Maybe you were at that game yesterday. They just couldn't get it done, could they? It was either they were dropping the ball, they were getting pinged for pens. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going. And a massive upset, Taranaki, uh, great for their win. And also Northland, massive win for them, in the capital as well, beating Wellington and beating them pretty convincingly too. So what's been your standout fixture of the weekend and what are you looking forward to today? This is the Rugby Run here on SENZ 124. This is SENZ. It is one twenty-eight on the rugby run. Ricardo Ball with you through till five o'clock today. Of course, the rugby run goes through till three o'clock. And uh, no, Justin Marshall today, unfortunately. Marshall not feeling very well. Been hit by well, I hope it's not the vid, but he's been hit by something that's laid him low. So uh, fingers crossed, he's uh, back and up and uh, at him next week. But Graham from Christchurch joins us. G'day, Graham. How are you?
1: G'day, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Well, you were you a surprise? Yeah, Marshall Mar- 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 bounce back.
4: Oh, mate, don't, don't worry about that. Don't you worry, Tough mate.
1: guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: It's, I mean yeah. he's, he's bounced back from enough self-inflicted I, I it's just <laughs> I think it's probably just ambushed a but it wasn't him that did this um but Graham yeah. you know I know you're a, you're a cantab uh you're a fan I, I look at that Canterbury team I don't know about you but I looked at that Canterbury team when I came yeah, when it came yeah. out and I went man that team is stacked for the NPC that's a super rugby team so uh what went wrong in your opinion yesterday
1: well a bit like Tony Johnson said you know they, well he mentioned it briefly they dropped the ball I suppose um, you know, they had two big wins and then we've never had an easy ride in in the Naki up in New Plymouth and you know, they didn't really adjust to the conditions well. started badly, you know. Um uh you know, the tactics were you know, were a bit naive, I thought. So you end up with a situation, you know, Naki are a good side, you know, they um you know, they'll often um, you know, Canterbury game teams not even when we've beaten them up there, they'll often you know, not by much, you know, and, you know, they got the better, you know, even with all the names, you know, these, that, that was a bit of a, you know, a wake-up call for Canterbury, you know, thought Cullen Grace had another great game, and Billy Harmon played well, but, you know, Sam Darry, I thought, played well, but, you know, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't get points, you know, and probably should have taken a couple of kicks earlier on to get some points, you know, come back into the game, but, you know, it was like 16 0 You know, Taranaki. It was just like they just they could just, you know, they just kept they kept them out. Even though the Canterbury came close to to maybe steal, you know, they could have stolen it in the end. But yeah, no, that was a yeah, it was a surprise in terms of just yeah. I suppose you have two big ones, you know, and that's what happens in sport, you know. Then you. <laughs> then you um, you come crashing down and, you know, they'll bounce back. I've no doubt about that. It's a good side, but as you say, a very, (laughs) heck of a lot of depth, you know, as you say. Yeah, Yeah. a ton
4: of depth, ton of depth. Good stuff, Graham. Thanks for your call, bud.
1: No worries. You have a good afternoon. No, yeah. it'll be interesting. What what time's the Targos Southland game? By the way, two o five kicks off. Oh, that's a, that's the early one. Yeah. yeah, that's always a great game. Great yeah. tradition. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Enjoy thanks for Have well. a good one. Right, Thank cheers. you. Uh, bye yep, bye.
4: Bye. Uh, time to welcome uh, to the show Paul Feeney. Of course, a man who's coached here, there, and everywhere from uh, Blues development, to uh, head coached Auckland Sevens. He's been uh, in charge of the Stormers. He's been in charge of the Blues and. Uh, the and the, he's worked with the Bay of Plenty steamers as well, also. It's Paul Feeney, good day. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you, Ricardo? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good. Big, big win for Harbour last night, wasn't it? Against, uh, against Tasman.
0: Yeah, um, playing at home. I, I think the hometown advantage is a great thing. And North Harbour playing with confidence. You know, um, the way they played against Manoa Two, although Manoa Two, you know, we're playing their third game in ten days. Um, you know, in the style of play particularly with their finishers out there I just think they're brimming with confidence and, and that's what got them over the line last night
4: Yeah, no, it went really well I mean, I, I think that halves combo's going really well as well, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't think you can understate, at, at particularly at this level, just how good Bryn Gatlin is Yeah, I
0: mean over the last two years I think he wouldn't seen Bryn, Bryn Gatlin develop you know, and uh, certainly when he came back to Takapuna semi-final final time you know he kicked 7 out of 7 and scored a try in the final for us against North Shore and against North Cody he absolutely destroyed them in the first 30 minutes so mm. he's um, he's improved dramatically once again he's standing flat he's prepared to take the ball to the line um, got a great kicking game uh, but his but it's running game's improved a lot
4: how big is he, physically? Because I've never met the bloke in person. I've talked to him on the phone, but, I mean, he was knocking them over from 50 yards last night. And he doesn't strike me as a, a Reese Hodge, Geordie barrett type size bloke.
0: No, no, he's not that, that big, but as you know, it, it, it's just got to do with timing. You know, Brins can bang him over from 55. I mean, one of the best kickers I ever coached was a little boy called John O'Hickey, who's the back coach for Auckland. You know, he's better than his brother Simon. He could, he could bang him over from halfway, and he's about 75 kilos. It's just the timing, a bit like a golfer, you know, look at Roy McIlroy.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, okay, it's about the timing, it's about the rhythm. What, what chance do you give uh, the Harbour Boys uh, next weekend uh, down, in the, down in the bay with the shield on the line?
0: Oh, they've got to be a chance, you know, you, <laughs> the way they're playing with, the confidence they're playing with, um, with their back three, I'm not sure what's happening with uh, Mark Tellier with injuries, or I, I sort of, you know, he didn't start, but Tavita Lee is on fire. So good to see Tavita back playing for Harbour, you know, back from Suntory. Um, his power and pace out there. And Sean Stevenson, man, as he showed his class from, you know, from the Mary All Black test against Ireland, and he's just um, continued that into North Harbour. Massive left foot, great step, good vision. I mean, when you've got boys like that, a powerful, aggressive midfield, Brennan Jamie Booth, and the pack's doing a job, although. You know, we all saw they struggled a bit at scrum time they, they seemed to win all the penalties but uh, I, I sort of queried a couple of those Yeah,
4: I, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Canterbury uh, Taranaki game yesterday but uh, Canterbury, had their team was absolutely stacked um, I and mean, they were dominating the scrum uh, but the scrum was wheeling to the left pretty much every scrum uh, and the referee decided that it was always Canterbury's fault, I don't know if you saw that or how, how you read that as a coach
0: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of scrum coaches try a few little methods they think they can get away with with with, um, referees, you know, South Africa in the same boat. South Africa, you know, they they get a little bit of a shunt on, but then then they they definitely promote their left side, they walk around a bit. Um, So if referees are aware of that because they do their homework, you're going to get found out and pinged if you're not scrummaging illegally.
4: Uh, mm. uh, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Brennan, I mean, I, I just looked at it from a point of view of, you know, this is the team that's got the ascendancy in the scrum, yet they're conceding all the scrum penalties. Um, is that down to just, you know, if if that is happening, is that just down to on-field leadership? I mean, because you keep doing the same thing and hoping something's going to change, but you just still keep getting pinged?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you try the ref on and, Every ref's got different interpretations. They've been prepped by the opposition coaches. Um, it's a bit like at the breakdown, they have a bit of a crack. And that's why Richie McCall was so great. But then he was smart. He worked the ref out. He decided, OK, this is what the, this ref is thinking. So all, you know, in that little bit of grey area and scrummaging or breakdown, or whatever it is, you've got to be smart. Figure the ref out and go to plan B.
4: Mm, yeah, and they they, uh, they didn't manage to do that at Canterbury yesterday and got beaten. I couldn't believe that team was 16-0 down with 10 to play. It ended up losing at 16-10. Uh, so a big win for the Nackie, uh, bouncing back after a pretty average start for them, mate. Uh, we've got a, a big game uh, today. Uh, two teams that you know pretty well. Auckland taking on Bay of Plenty at Eden Park. And uh, good to see Auckland continuing to promote youth. There's uh, some kid called Roger Tui Vasashek getting his debut in the 12 jersey. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember uh, when Wayne Pivak, was helping Wayne Simmons, and uh, he picked Roger tujibasa chef for the Auckland Sevens team, and we, we called him aside at a club, at, uh, he's playing for Oduhu out of Pakaranga, back in about 212, and called him aside and said, oh, Wayne introduced himself, hi, this is Wayne Pivak, Roger, um, I'd be keen to put you in my 26-man team, what do you do for a job? And Roger looked at him and said, oh, I'm year 12 at Oduhu College. <laughs> <laughs> we, we couldn't believe it, but um, fantastic, Roger Roger Tuivasa-Shek. I think, you no, know, he did well for the Blues. I, I was a doubter in the midfield. I thought it, it was a far easier transition at wing or fullback. Someone coming back from so many years in the league, but uh, it's very. He reminds me of a Sam tui or or a Rua Tupoki, to be honest. Great step, um, always makes yards, and a great offloader. So yeah, very much in in, in the Sam Tui uh, roots Mould.
4: Yeah, well, that uh, that Auckland team have been going pretty well, but I mean, Bay have plenty of no mugs. They absolutely uh, roasted the Taranaki last week, didn't
0: they? Yeah, I mean, they are plenty going going very very well. Uh, under old Mullies, Mike Delaney has his opportunity, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously a tight knit team. They've got some very good Super players. They've been together a while now, um, and I know when I coached the Bay, you know. If, if you play in Tauranga, not many teams come out with a win.
4: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I did a bit of time in Tauranga, mate, in the nineties, and did a bit of ground announcing for Bay of Plenty Rugby, and uh, it was always a a, a cauldron down there, Toronga Domain. Uh, uh, and you know, I remember I remember Counties coming to town with Joe Ali and and uh, Jonah on the wings uh, back in the day. So. if That place was absolutely rocking with those guys out there. Uh, What do you think? You mentioned, you know, Mike Delaney's in charge this year. Of course, Daryl Gibson had them last year. Um, On paper, last season they looked like they should be, you know, semi finalists nailed on, but they didn't quite put it together. What do you think's changed for them this year? Because they certainly look a better side.
0: Yeah, um, I'm 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 not sure. You know, I'm not on the inner sanctum, but uh, they they would have had a look at what they did last year. they just—they're playing a reasonably expensive game. You know, for me, I see them playing with no fear. Um, you know, they're prepared to give the ball a bit of air. They—they they back some of their outside backs. Um, I think their tight five's good. Curtick is leading them well, and they've got no weaknesses. So, I mean, they've—you know—I think the draw's have been good for them. So, to start off with, so we will really tell when they play a strong Auckland side. Um, we'll really find out exactly where they stand
4: yeah i'm well, looking forward to that game mate uh, kicking off uh, in about twenty minutes' time at eden park are you sound are you, are you, I, I know you're uh, you're running the running the cutter at uh Takapuna rugby now um, and, and the big chair, the director of rugby mate uh, It sounds like you're down in the club at the moment
0: <laughs> no i'm just uh meeting with aaron Catterby, our, our, our premier coach and we're just having a beer and uh reflecting on the season and and looking forward to the, to next season you know so we're just um yeah doing a bit of doing a bit of prep and looking at out you know who we've got or who we think we've got, so um no, lucky to be involved with with Tagapuna and uh you know they had a great season with with their eighty fives all their teams played very well and uh great culture in the club
4: yeah i in terms of that i mean how does it work? we see it sometimes you know at uh, international level with the twenties and the and, you know and the and the a teams if you like and the full teams uh, where you want the teams to play the same way to have a I guess a style or a brand of footy uh, that uh, you know goes right through the grades are you, are you the same at club level at tacker given you've got so many different coaches but is everybody kind of singing from the same song sheet trying to play the
0: same way uh, no you know yep all, all of us coaches we you know we bounce ideas and you know um, there's a little bit of interaction amongst us all from a training perspective, but at the end of the day, you've got to look at your own cattle, look at your own strengths and weaknesses. Too many coaches, they just take a blueprint from, from super rugby and then they just they just cut and paste, you know? So um, look at your own cattle, understand your strengths and and you look at your game plans around those.
4: Yeah, good stuff, Paul. All right, hey, listen, mate, we'll let you get back to it. Enjoy a frosty one while you're watching that game <laughs> with me and uh, have a, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, eh? <laughs>
0: Nice talking to you, and uh, yeah, I, I hope that my little mate Simon Hickey and, and all the other boys and John O'Hickey and there, they, they have a good result today.
4: Yeah, yeah. Simon's on the on the on the bench for this one. Harry Plummer's uh, yep. in the in the ten, but yeah, no, it should be a good game, mate. It's, it's, a it's pr- pretty, pretty stacked sides, both of them.
0: You're pretty lucky when you got Harry Plummer to you know good good defensively and, and smart boy, and then you can bring on a Simon Hickey was my captain in 2015. You can bring on an experienced ten to to shut games out after, you know, and Harry Plummer can move to 12 if you need a kicking game, so I think they've got a, they've got really good balance and very fortunate to have a, a couple of little smart 10s and great goal kickers there.
4: Yeah, very, uh, have, you got a, have you got a winner for us, Auckland Bay Plenty today?
0: Too right, I'm a, you know, coach four years at Auckland, so uh, obviously I'm an Auckland boy and I, I know a lot of those boys very well, so uh, I certainly hope Auckland get up. Yeah,
4: good I'm stuff. I'm meant to be
0: playing, I'm meant to be playing golf with, with the Hickey boys next next week, so uh
4: I don't want them coming along and sulking, you know. <laughs> Definitely not, mate. Definitely not. <laughs> Go well, Paul. OK, cheers. Good to hear you. Cheers, mate. Paul Feedy there talking to us uh, about that Auckland Bay of Plenty game and uh, some of the other NPC as well action uh, that we've had coming up uh, this weekend uh, and have had this weekend as well. Get involved. This is the Rugby Run. Uh, we are talking rugby. Have you got uh, an insight on that game today? Auckland Bay of Plenty, is that the one that you're looking forward to. It's a pretty stacked teams. that looks good. Although, we do have the big southern derby as well. Southland versus Otago, that's going to be uh, a great go round. Southland certainly on the improve, and Otago looking good after beating Hawke's Bay midweek. And then we've got uh, the late kickoff as well, the uh, the Central Vikings derby between Manawatu and Hawke's Bay. What's your game of the day today? Let us know. 0800 150 811 or 8833. And what have, what's what been your game of the round so far? How How did you think yesterday went? Uh, and do you think Harbour have got a shot at the Shield next weekend? Let us know. 0800-150-811 or 8833. And you can also comment, of course, on that Blackferns win too. Massive 52-5 over the Wallaroos. Uh, game one of a two-game series against the Aussies. And uh, they look really, really much on the up-and-up under Wayne Smith, the Black Ferns. Uh Be keen to get your thoughts on how they've changed and what you think uh, is... You know, that change has been. How have they improved? Uh, get in touch on the rugby run here on SENZ. It is 17 away from two. It's 13 away from two here on SENZ. Ricardo Paul with you through till five o'clock. No marsh here today, unfortunately. He's a laid up crook. Uh, but we have had a couple of texts come through. One from Ken here. Hi, Ricardo. Heading to the game. The bop will be a challenge. But I think the Orcs will get up. A bit disappointed about Zahn Sullivan being out for six weeks. Auckland by nine. That is, uh, that's the call. Auckland by nine for, for Ken, and that is, uh, oh, that's a big call, I think, because that Bay of Plenty side are pretty decent. But uh, yeah, I hope you're right, Ken. I think it's going to be a great game. Also, this one from Andy, Hi oh, Ricardo. What are your thoughts on having Super Rugby teams only be, uh, being allowed to have say eighty five percent of their squad contracted each year, and then having to pick the remaining fifteen percent from the NPC for the following season? Could be interesting if everyone knows what position each Super Rugby team needs and who's some of the leading players from the NPC who could pick up a contract. Yeah, that's from Andy. Thanks for your text, Dan. It's not a bad shout, actually. Um, I do wonder, I know that Justin Nelson, who uh, you may know uh, from here, doing the Who show, he's a basketball uh, fan, obviously, basketball commentator. He ran uh, as well the Cells NBL. He was a GM for a while. He has suggested... Something uh, along those lines, in terms of there being a Super Rugby draft, which would mean, uh, you know, you you basically you have an NPC, and then those players who aren't contracted that have played in it, maybe go into a draft system to get selected uh, by the Super Rugby teams, and you know, just another way of engaging fans, of spreading the talent, and of taking rugby into the twenty first century, I guess, Uh, uh, and I, I think. That is the sort of thing that he was talking about. So thanks for your text, Andy. I don't, I don't think it's a, a, bad shout at all. Um, keep your texts coming through, on double eight double three. That is the temper bedpost text machine, and uh, we'll keep reading them out. Uh, Keen to get your thoughts on this afternoon. What are your picks? Who's going to win the big derby games? Uh, Manawatu, Hawks Bay, are the Turbos any chance? They've had a rough start to the season. Or what about Southland Otago? That one looks like it might be a closer call. Southland definitely on the improve, and you've got to say the same about Otago. They've been very good as well. And then, as Ken's mentioned, Auckland Bay are plenty. Maybe not quite a derby, but not far off. Uh, those two teams look stacked. They've both had great starts to the season. So give us your picks, double eight, double three. That is the temper bedpost text machine. It is 10 away from two. <laughs> yeah, five away from two o'clock. This is the uh, Auckland starting 15 for the game against the Bay this afternoon. Alex Hodgman, Lenny Upasai and Marcel Renata, the front row, Hamish Delzell and Connor Vesta, the locks. Violini, Ekuasi from East Tamaki is playing at 6, Adrian Choate in the 7, Jackson Pugh in the 8, uh, Talfa Funaki is the halfback, Harry Plummer is at 10, Salisi Rayasi and Thomas Oaki are the wingers, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, AJ Lamb is the midfield, Jordan Trainer is playing in 15 as well and um, looking forward to this game kicking off really soon because it's going to be I think possibly game of the round maybe maybe that's too big but uh, Auckland are $1. forty-two favourites Bay of Plenty paying two ninety. dollars uh, the other game that gets underway shortly is Southland versus Otago similar sort of market there it's in Invercargill but Southland to the outside is at $2.60 Otago are paying $1.50 now uh, both games the draw option is at 18s but i probably more likely in the Auckland Bay game, I think. I, I, I do think that game will be quite tight. Uh, and then we do have a game kicking off in about two and a half hours in Palmy where Manawatu take on Hawks Bay. And, man, Hawks Bay are the shortest of short favourites, paying just $1. seven. Manawatu, $7.50. Don't tell staff, whatever you do. Don't tell staff he's not happy at the moment. And the man bleeds green and white and is not happy with the way his uh, Manawatu turbos are going so far this season. In the next hour, we're going to talk Upper Bush and Daryl Suasua. It's just gone two o'clock here on the rugby run on SENZ. Ricardo Ball, with you know Justin Marshall today, unfortunately, but we are joined by Mark Rutini, the uh, coach of Upper Bush in the Heartland Championship. G'day, Mark, how are you?
6: Oh, good, Ricardo. Oh, good, thank you.
4: That's a story, mate. That's a story. A bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a novel situation for you guys having a a nighttime kickoff on a Sunday. Uh, h- how have you prepared differently for this than you normally would?
6: Oh, yeah, this, it is a bit different for us, especially a like, Sunday game. that we're we're meeting shortly to have some lunch um, before the game, and then that'll be our meal for the game. Um, but otherwise, no difference here for. Um, yeah, we're probably going to get home till after midnight today,
4: I suppose. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's great get get to play under lights as well. I, I guess it's it, it, it makes it feel like more even more of an occasion, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, yeah, and Fox uh, Bay Manawatu uh, raises, so that'll be a bit of a too.
4: Yeah, and I, I understand the boys uh, have have been visiting the barbers, and they're all looking flash for the TV game. <laughs>
6: yeah, actually, I own. Oh, I think some barbershops. So I was sitting
4: there and uh, got a few uh, haircuts done. Yeah, yeah, mate, made some money out of it, mate. Made some money out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And did you, I mean, I know you said you didn't really do much different, but, I mean, I, there's going to be Julia, right? I mean, it might. I don't know what it's like there at the moment. It, I mean, it's been we're everywhere, but does training at night, training under lights, does that help, do you think, you versus maybe other teams when you get to play, you know, given the um, facilities you guys have got?
6: Yeah, yeah, we've got a, yeah, we've got two masters, so it's it's primo to to train on, and we've got really good lights at, at home too. So and one or two would be the same. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a different challenge for us and, and something different. But uh, I know the boys are looking forward to it, so I hope
4: they're up for the game. Oh mate, they better be up for the game. There'll be something wrong if they're not? I'd be having a word. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
6: yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, they are. Also, cargo drifting, they're a pretty tough team. Uh, They'd probably come up yesterday, so um, they'll
4: be they'll be ready for it too as well. Yeah, mate. I mean, it's a, it, it's great for both teams, and it's great this season too. Uh, I know we started it a little bit last season, but just how much more Heartland we're getting to see on telly now? Yeah,
6: and I watched uh, I watched South Canterbury Thames Valley uh, live yesterday, so that was mm. good. And
4: obviously, yeah, imagine so all the
6: other teams so they'll be having a look.
4: You'd think so. I mean, actually, that struck me that South Canterbury Thames Valley game, which I, that was the. Uh, Meads Cup final last year, of course, uh, and South Canterbury, went, you know, they they gave Hawkes Bay a bit of a fright in that Shield challenge. I mean, and so I kind of expected the maybe to put Thames Valley to the sword a little bit more than than uh, than what we saw. Do you, do you think overall the level of the uh, Heartland is going up at the moment?
6: Oh yeah, um, The the level of uh, players that are coming into the competition. Just gets better and better. You know, we saw last year with a, a number of uh, and, and ex Blacks and ex-super um, players, you know, popping up in different teams and going to swing and play just things teams early. So, yeah, the, the level is getting better and better.
4: Do you think more players are seeing this as an opportunity to play, say, Heartland versus, I don't know, maybe if you're at Wellington, for example, uh, playing Wellington Bees or something? So you'd be, you're better off going and playing uh, this competition than than, than running around in that comp.
0: Oh
6: yeah, 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 we do get a bit of that. Um, you know, um, Sam Brooks is leading the Wilson competition, and they fire him down to play for South Carolina. We've got a one or two Wellington boys in our team. It's just a, uh, it's a bit of national exposure. Uh, you know, your, your your our games are televised. Uh, you know, national selectors and in those that. Um, those that want to, they can transfer in by cut-off and be eligible for the New Zealand team. And we've seen that before. A number of players have done that too.
4: Does uh, do, do you think Kieran McInolde gets enough uh, credit for transmission gully? Because that's obviously uh, made it easier for you to recruit players from Wellington, not having to drive over the hill. <laughs> yeah, but
6: that goes over the Hawks. No, not over the Marston, so... Oh, for now we be getting the benefit of transmission, <laughs> Gully.
4: And, uh, we won't be. We've still got the room to take a hill to get over. Oh, you're still going to get over the hill. I I lived in Wellington for a while, and, I, and I've only ever did the hill once, and it scared the bejesus out of me. So every other time I went up the coast and then cut a, cut up to Palmy and went the long way. Oh, OK. Yeah,
6: no, we need a tunnel. So Kieran will have to work on a tunnel if he gets in again.
4: Yeah, all right. Well, well, we'll have to make sure that that happens, mate. We'll have to make sure that that happens. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. d- just looking at the... Um, other results from yesterday, probably the one that stands out as a bit of a surprise is Buller getting up over mid Canterbury.
6: Yeah, I saw that there. Yeah, that's a good one for Buller. You know, so
4: I think he might have come off the bench, but uh,
1: that was a good one
6: yeah, there. I and even West Coast, we're, we're pretty close to the last 10 minutes by a little bit.
4: Yeah, I mean, that, it's actually it's interesting you, uh, uh, you mentioned that because uh, Kevin here from. Um, RugbyHeartland.co.nz. He was on with us on Wednesday night, giving us a bit of a Heartland preview, and um, it's just a quiet word, Mark. Don't 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 bank on his tips because he told me that West Coast was uh, as smoky to win the uh, uh, win the whole whole shebang this season, and uh, they got touched up forty three nineteen by Whanganui at home. Uh, he was he was pretty confident that was going to be a win for West Coast.
6: Oh, I, you know, it'd take a brave man to, to bet against Wallanui. You know, they've been the form horse for years now. and, and Obviously, good South Canberra in there, but that's the good thing about Heartland. Um, you can't even know what you're going to do this year, so um, that's what makes it exciting,
4: I think. Yeah, it does. It makes it very exciting, mate. What about the bush this year? Uh, I, th- I think last year, probably fair to say, um, you didn't quite hit the heights you would have liked to. Um, what sort of changes have you made this season?
6: Oh... Um, there's been a few like we've um when we were uh, all local uh and origin policy for the last few years we've we've gone back now to having three imports which has kind of helped us strengthen some of the areas we needed some strengthening um, we've had a big turnover we've only got three forwards back from last year so um yeah we've kind of spread the net wide and far around the, the local province but um certainly having some imports helps but um yeah we've got a we're building a good culture in there now And Last year we had a lot of injuries We I think we used about 37 players last year So that didn't really help um, So yeah, hopefully we're more settled this year um, Don't have as many injuries And we can kind of just build some momentum
4: Yeah, you haven't tried to coax Pity Weepoo back out of retirement again, have you?
6: <laughs> no, not yet, no No
4: no. The, 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 you're keeping that one up your sleeve You didn't want me to mention that <laughs>
6: Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got five games before I get using my airport. Uh, um, so yeah, you might still bloody have me. I'm not I'm not sure that
4: you might be able to pack down in the front row these days. Have to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows, mate? Who knows? Hey, Mark, listen, thanks for coming on, man. Best of luck uh, tonight. Uh, I'll let you go join the team. I know you've got your your meal and, and then you're going to um, drive up to Palmy for, for the big game against North Otago. Looking forward to watching it tonight. Best of luck to you and the team uh, for tonight as well, mate. And uh, hopefully next time we can t- uh, we're talking to you, we're talking about some playoffs. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, Rick. Go well. Uh, Mark Rutini there, the uh, head coach of Upper Bush in the Heartland. That game kicks off 7 o'clock so uh, technically, actually, Manawatu versus um, Hawke's Bay is the curtain raiser um, for this game. That's uh, that's that's how it works uh, because that's the game that's at four uh, four o'clock ish, and um, then after that is about four thirty, and then after that we uh, we get that game uh, from from the Heartland, uh, which is which is fantastic. I could just start updating you i uh, got the game on oh, the Auckland Bay Plenty game on at the moment. We're in four minutes, and Auckland have just taken the lead through a penalty. So it is 3-0. We'll get you an update from Otago Southland shortly. It is 10 past 2 here on SCNZ. It's quarter past 2 here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run. Ricardo Ball with you through until uh, 5 o'clock. We're talking rugby exclusively through till 3 o'clock. No Marshall today. Of course, uh, Marshall is laid up crook, so hopefully he is back uh, next week. Auckland have just scored a try. They now lead 8-0 against Bay of Plenty with the kick to come. And Otago have got an early penalty and they lead Southland 3-0 in the Bunnings Warehouse NPC matches that are on at the moment. Had a couple of texts through uh, this one. Hi, Ricardo. Andy again. Thanks for mentioning my text. I did hear that there might be a Super Rugby draft and I think it's a great idea. Would definitely get more people talking rugby. Is there a salary cap for Super Teams? Even though I'm a Crusaders fan, we do seem to have a lot of top players in our squad and not all of them play every week. Would be cool to see top players every week against each other. Yeah, thanks, Andy. I think it's a great idea. There's a few guys like George Bridge, for example, I think would be would be great at the Highlanders. You know, I mean, that they lacked backs this year and he spent a lot of time riding the pine for the Crusaders. So, yeah, that's uh, something I think is definitely worth looking at. Daryl Suasua, uh, former counties and Black Ferns coach, might have something to say about that as well. G'day, Daryl. How are you? Hey, Ricardo, how are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. I I don't know if you saw her. I know this this is what we got you on to talk about, but uh, you would have heard what I was just talking about there. Justin Nelson, who's former GM of the uh, SELS NBL, um, uh, did an interview uh, with the spin-off, I think it was with Dylan Cleaver, and he he suggested that uh, that rugby needs to be more visible for the fans more often, and and he suggested a a draft uh, maybe at the end of the NPC. What do you reckon? Is it worth a look?
3: yeah i th- i think it is i think they've done it i've just seen um uh, they've, they've i've seen some stuff posted around the major league rugby in the states which i i guess the draft system is a big thing and all that, that american sport so it certainly makes things a, a, a little bit more exciting when you get all the best players on the field going at, going against each other and i think the other thing it can do is it um you know, if the game get, games get a little bit more competitive it makes our um Obviously, our national team a lot stronger. I would think.
4: Yeah, I would have thought so too. And I mean, I don't. I could answer the one question there. Maybe you'll know. I don't think our Super Rugby teams have a salary cap, do they? That's just up to them to manage.
3: Yeah, look, I'm not too sure. The um, might have team, couple well, the NPC uh, team definitely do, but I'm not too sure how it works with the. Uh, Central contracting with, um, you know, with the Super Rugby teams. Yeah,
4: yeah. All right, mate. Well, listen, I know we didn't get you on to talk that, so we'll leave. We'll park that. But thank you for your input. Uh, I did want to get you on to talk uh, the, the team you coached for for a number of years, of course, the Black Ferns, and their big win last night, fifty-two-five over the Wallaroos. What did you make of that?
3: Yeah, look, I, I thought it was a, a pretty, a pretty good performance. I think the. Um, the thing I really liked um, is is to see the difference between the team that was away last year and the um, the team that was out on the field uh, last night, and uh, in particular, and it probably the first thing I, I noticed is that the, the, the girls are actually looking a lot more athletic than they did at, um, about six months ago, which is a credit to some of the work they've been doing off the field, which is great.
4: Yeah, that is it's a big part of it. I mean, uh, in terms of the end of last year, we saw them go up against England and against France. Those teams are a lot better than Australia, it uh, has to be said. So how f- oh, it's kind of hard to judge how far we've come, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, one thing you can identify, I guess, with that game last night is the, the girls um, knew what they were doing. They knew what they were about. There was definite systems in place. I thought um, line-out time, they were a lot smarter. Obviously, on the Northern Tour last year, they really struggled at line-out time. Um but just the line-out calling looked a lot smarter. They, they still struggled a little bit um, when they were going deep into the line-out, but, um, you know, to, to just get ball every throw it two was, was quite comfortable for them, and it was smart. Um, playing against some of those teams up north, it might be a little bit tougher if that's the only um, safe throw you've got, so there's probably still things to work on.
4: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to become too predictable uh, at set-piece time. I, I think... Something that we, we got found out on that Northern Tour was uh, the breakdown and our, you know, particularly our forwards getting around the field. Uh, we were out athleticised, I suppose. Um, but you think you saw enough of that to say that there's been, that's been a focus and that's certainly changed?
3: Oh, look, I, I think that was one of the things I thought was, a you know, much improved. Um, as I say, you know, in terms of their strikes and the patent, they knew where they needed to be which meant those support players were getting closer to those breakdowns. And I thought that um, Kennedy Simon, in, in particular at seven, was, was very good um, at what she was doing. Um, and the other thing is the defensive breakdown, too. They were a lot more competitive there. And again, that comes down to their systems and structures and, and people just knowing where they need to be all the time. I think when they were playing um, those Northern Hemisphere teams, they were struggling even to get game line. Some of the ball off their set piece wasn't the best stuff to attack from. Um, so they're probably a you know a yard or two off, um, being opposition to the breakdowns.
4: And the other thing that I I, I thought we saw last night, um, which we didn't see on the Northern Tour, was just the, the ability to keep the heads and and have some discipline. Because when we we're under pressure there and and denied the ball for any length of time, we tended to give away penalties. We didn't see that so much last night.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I, and I think, it um, again, it just comes down to, you know, when you're looking at their game, that they just seem to have some really definite structure, um, without it being predictable, because there was, you know, often options off that structure, then, and they didn't, you know, fire all of those shots last night, but um, just people just knew where they, they were meant to be, and they didn't have to go doing, you know, those me moments where someone thought, shucks, you know, I've got a got to get in there and steal this ball and then coming from the side and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they played more cohesively, which I thought was great. In
4: terms of uh, next week, of course, we go to Adelaide and play the uh, Wallaroos again for the return test. What do you think Wayne Smith, uh, et cetera, will be thinking, uh, given how big this win was? is Is it going to be a tinker time, do you think?
3: Yeah, look, it's it's hard to say because obviously they've had a lot of players rotating over the last few tests, which is which is great. And and the thing is, they needed to do that because I think some of the other the players that were used on the Northern Hemisphere, they, they looked tired, um, even though they hadn't played a lot of rugby. It, it looked like you know from a conditioning point of view, they weren't in the right space there. So I think these um, players that has been rotating it was creating some real competition. I think. If they're going to go up against these big teams up north, they're going to have to have players that are, are you know, that are really hungry, really champion at the bit to go. Ideally, I think what they would probably like to have had was, um, you know, a little bit of cohesion so they've got a, a, you know, a group that they're bringing through in these tests that that they can then transfer into the World Cup. But because of, um, you, you know, the situation they are in. Um, coming off the back of those tests of that northern hemisphere too, they they really have to discover something new um, that the opposition, um, you know, it, it will challenge the English and the French and the likes to um, have to, uh, you know, come up against something they weren't aware of or weren't weren't ready for.
4: Do you think that you know when you get more when you get fitter basically when you get more athletic, um, you, you said that the athleticism was better. Around the field, you can lose a little bit of size, uh, and that might affect set piece. You know, particularly the scrum. Do you think that's an issue at all, or do you think it's balanced?
3: Oh, I think it's balanced. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing that was great last night too was there. You know, the, the cohesiveness in that scrum that, that was quite dominant. Saying that, you know, looking at Australia, I don't think they offered us um, a heck of a lot. Mm. Um, defensively, they didn't put a lot of skill, put, um, uh, you know, uh, skill set pressure on us. The, you know, the line speed wasn't great, and quite often, defensively, after the first phase, they were all fading into the, you know, behind the defensive line, which meant when the um, Black Queens were able to set a ruck and come, come back the other way, there was space all over the place. Um, so, you know, that, that would have been a, a lot better for us if we had a team that was going to put a little bit more pressure on us. But I, I don't um, believe that um, losing a bit of size, uh, you know, will affect our physicality, um, it, just being in, in good shape. I mean, Jonah Wu, for example, I thought she was huge last night. Um, you, you know, she's been – she's physical. And you watch her in the NPC as well. Um, she's a physical player. But again – within a system, and having people going forward, playing off the front foot, you know, players like that can uh, a bit more explosive, a bit more athletic, can cause some real damage.
4: That, uh, that is, a, yeah, is a great call, actually, because we did see that last night. I, I was really impressed with the Ferns. Uh, the, the one thing that I do worry about going into the World Cup is our reliance on people like Kendra Cox, uh, Coxedge and uh, Ruahe Dement as well. Uh, what did you make of uh, uh, what Tyler Nathan-Wann brought to the party when she, she got an opportunity?
3: Yeah, look, she wasn't on for a long time. Um, y- you know, her pass was it's pretty good off the left hand. Right hand was, a, was, was probably not as um, sharp as it probably needed to be. But saying that, I think that, I mean, after last year's tour, I think, um, and I'll be honest, I think Kendra might have been lucky to be holding on there. Um, mm. She didn't have a great one. But um, certainly um, Arihana um, Tohino and Ari Ari Baylor, I think it was. They they that, you know they're, they're pretty good understudies there, and possibly they could give um, you know Kendra even a little bit of a nudge. I think Rua Hayes was was outstanding. I think she controls the game well. Um, but the other thing that I think that is is great for the Black Ferns is Victoria Sabritsky nafatali back in the mix. So she's been away for a while. She's fitter than she's ever been, and um, potentially she's she's one of the uh, you know best strike weapons they've got, and it certainly showed in the last world cup um but probably as as we all know she hasn't really um done much since that last world cup and to, to come back into the mix um she could add a little bit of depth there as well yeah. and I think that's that's an area that, where they've really needed to find that a, a, a team that can control stuff
4: yeah and 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 be able to finish a game out right being that somebody that can come off the bench you know we we get, keep getting told that they're not replacements or substitutes anymore. They're finishers. Those people on the bench. So yep. uh, you know that's uh, it's that depth that they're they're looking at. What are, what, are, what about the crowd last night, mate? I mean, you know, you you coached this Black Ferns team for a, for a long time. What did you make of the crowd they got at Orange Theory Stadium? It feels like women's rugby, particularly at that level, is is getting embraced more and more by the rugby public.
3: Oh yeah, I th- I think it's great, and I think there's a lot of genuine interest in, in it. I think one of the, and it's a funny thing, um, when the Black Ferns had a few losses and, uh, you know, the press started jumping on all over their backs and all that sort of stuff, you know, it it sort of almost generated a a lot of interest in Mm. the game. And since then, um, I I think if the Black Ferns have just gone on winning endlessly, you know, people just look at the rest of the world and say, oh, look, um, women's rugby is not that great internationally. But um, to have a couple of losses, probably back in I can't remember what, what, the year that they, they didn't win the World Cup, um, I was that too sorry, I can't remember the year, but um, after that, when they actually came back from that the interest in the game locally and internationally is just it, just, just skyrocketed, and it's fantastic to see crowds like that, and even when they played in the northern, northern hemisphere. Those crowds were just, was, were unbelievable. They were fantastic.
4: Yeah, I, I think it says something, mate, and, you know, as much as you don't like pylons or anything, but the fact that people cared enough that it was in the news that people were talking about what the problem with the Black was, it shows a maturity and uh, uh, in the sporting public, I think, and also... Uh, it demonstrates that it's not a novelty anymore. It demonstrates that people take it seriously. And if you want to be taken seriously, you have to take criticism when it's deserved.
3: Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. And I think... um but what, what I really, you know, it's, it's a great thing to see with the women's game when it's in the, the mainstream media, you know, the, the main publications on the TV news and all that sort of stuff. I often get a little bit frustrated with a lot of the social media that comes out of the team. Mm. I've always felt that being in a, in a, a team with a back duty, it's got to be a little bit of mystique about what you do in, in your own time and all that sort of stuff. And and probably, um, you know, with, with the... I get the, the vitriol that came towards them after that to tour last year. A lot of it was off the back of a... I, I believed off a lot of the um, social media type stuff that was going on. But um, certainly getting all that mainstream media is just just blowing, blowing the game up. And you, you're dead right. Um, when people care enough to criticise you in those main forums, I think that's when you, 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 you know the game's a lot more important to the people. Yeah, I mean... and. Just
4: from uh, someone that has coached both the Black Ferns and also coached an NPC team in counties, mate, how different is it in terms of what your approach and your, pe- your personnel management's got to be?
3: Um, look, I, I found when I was coaching the Black Ferns, um, you know, I had a group of players that were hugely, hugely focused. And I, I you know... I always believed that being professional, it's not about being paid, it's about attitude. And mm. one of the things I was really lucky to have was a lot of really, really smart, intelligent players that, you know, the black jersey was everything to them at the time. So, um, you know, I had people like Monique Hidavinar and Analia Rush that it gave up their job so they could train full-time, um, leading into World Cups and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and then I compare that to, I guess, the... Um, the NPC, there's a lot of guys there that are, are still just, just beginning to try and be professional and they struggle with it still, you know, juggling jobs and then and part time rugby and that sort of stuff. So, as I say, doing the Blacktons back in, you know, some of the girls were outstanding. You look at, you know, like Savannah Richards that, that came from law and, you know, um, Dr. Farah Palmer and, you know, girls that, you know, Wall, a lot of these people, they were, they were just really smart people right from the start. And when it was about putting on that black jersey, it really, really meant something to them. And that's probably one of the things that's hurt me over the years is um, seeing so many, and, and if I put it this way, unathletic people wearing the jersey. Mm. And that's why I was just so, you know, that's the thing that's really pleased me is seeing them really start to, to front and take it really seriously. Um, and, and and it's great to see. And I think, um, you know, what Wayne Smith and them are doing now is, you know, they're, they're building depth. A shame it wasn't happening a couple of years back because, you know, we would have been hissing going into this World Cup, but um, I mean, they're doing a great job as it is.
4: Yeah, I mean, I did wonder whether or not there was, an, you know, what the Rugby Union was doing in terms of uh, the, you know, the Super Rugby, uh, Super Rugby there were, I didn't think there were enough games. Uh, were, you know, the changes they made—had they made them soon enough to ha- for it to have an impact? When it comes to World Cup time, and you're playing, you know, basically fully professional, full-time teams in in France and England. Did you, do you? I feel a bit more confident about it now. Where are you on it?
3: Oh, yeah, look, definitely, I mean, shucks, after the um, tour last year, you'd be thinking, shucks, there's no way we're ever going to have a sniff in there. But I think, um, you know, with the the way we're headed, uh, particularly just having athletes playing the game now, that's going to make a a big difference. And then it's going to be, you know, all all things being equal, you've got athletes on the England team, athletes on our team, full-time full-time players, then it's going to come down to, I guess, the coaching, tactical, how they execute, and that sort of stuff. As I mentioned before, the, the, probably the one thing that's probably not great for us is the fact that um, the, the, the Australian team doesn't really um, test or give a good indication as to where we are. Um, it, you know, Things like line speed defensively, they weren't putting a lot of stress on our, on our skill sets and that. Um, so that, that, that sort of thing, um, you know, we're probably going to have to find out when we get to that World Cup.
4: Yeah, oh, well, Dad, looking forward to that, mate. The countdown is on, not, not far away. Daryl, you, have uh, you got any involvement anywhere?
3: No, not at all. Just a uh, yeah, fan and spectator, so looking forward to it.
4: Yeah, mate, fantastic. I really appreciate your time today, mate. Thanks for coming on, and uh, always good to chat. Go well. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, uh, Daryl Suissa there, former Black Ferns coach and Counties coach as well. It is twenty-eight away from three here on the Rugby Run. <laughs> Twenty-four away from three o'clock here on the Rugby Run. Ricardo, Paul with you? know, Marshy today. He's uh, laid up Crook, uh, but we do have a legend out of Australia, a Wallabies legend, and Tim Horan. G'day, Tim. How are you?
2: Ricardo, very well, mate. Nice to be on the show again. Yeah, thanks
4: for coming on, mate. Thanks for giving us some time and. And plenty to talk about as well, mate. Uh, a bit of a shake-up at Dave Rennie's backroom staff. Of course, with Matt Taylor, the defence coach, uh, leaving, it worked for the All Blacks shaking up the backroom staff. you reckon it'll work for your blokes in Adelaide next weekend?
2: Yeah, interesting one. Uh, Matt Taylor, of course, um, was at the Queensland Reds many years ago when Ewan McKenzie was um, at the head coach and... Uh, then he went away overseas, uh, had spent a little bit of time in Scotland and came back. um this was one of the the dream jobs he was after. so um there is a bit of um issues internally with his family, so there's some family um, issues that he has to attend to. his um, you know personal stuff. so that I think that contributed to it. I don't think it was I don't think he was pushed out of the coaching structure. I think it was more of a sort of Family reasons, and um, but also a bit of talk about you know whether he might go and help Brad Thorne out at the Queensland Reds potentially down the track and look for that head coaching role. So, time will tell. But uh, yeah, Laurie Fisher has just been announced to come in as interim uh, assistant coach for the Wallabies, and yeah, hope that helps us out in the next four or five weeks.
4: Yeah, indeed. I mean, cause Laurie Fisher's been a man that's been linked with Dave Rennie's job, of course. Um, Matt, Matt Taylor, that you know, you've you mentioned uh, how he went out. I, I mean. I think you're right. I think everything you've said sounds right and everything that Dave Rennie says echoes that as well, that it wasn't indicative of anything else. But, I mean, um, when you take the last game in charge well, as a defence coach it was a 48-17 loss, you can see why people did question that.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the game's uh, pretty tough at the moment, isn't it, as you've seen for the All Blacks coaching structure? And and I think that's good that, um, you know, when you, when you look at Mark Robinson coming out or, or the board saying that, you know, that you know, Ian Foster's going to be there to the World Cup. I think that's good. You, you need to have some security, not just for the players, but for the coaches. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough job at the moment for a lot of coaches around professional sport, and we've seen it in AFL, NRL in Australia, and, and obviously the All Blacks. So, um, yeah, professional sport's tough, but I think going to the World Cup, you need a little bit of continuity. I think, um, you know, both coaching structures have got that now, and of course, you guys next weekend will take on Argentina and Christchurch, so we're looking forward to seeing how that one tracks.
4: Yeah, I mean, that Argentinian side, I thought that first test that you guys had over there uh, was a great test match, and back and forward, back and forward, but and then they led by nine twice, and, and particularly when Quaid went down, I thought I thought you might struggle to get back into it, but I, I thought it showed a lot, a lot of ticker to get back into that game and, and then get it over the line, and you, you kind of did what the All Blacks have, you know, have, have famously done, and that's run them down in the last 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, I think what Dave Rennie's done the last couple of years, he's got great depth in the team now. Um, and you look at... He had Reese Hodge, um, you know, was came in to fly half, and you thought, gee, how, how that's going to work. And I thought Reese Hodge did a really good job just to secure, uh, you know, a bit of field position and, and security for the team. And, um, you yeah, know, I think they've got to try and get to a stage, the Wallabies. And I know there's been a lot of injuries. I think there's 14 or 15, you know, first sort of players, really, that you'd pick in the team are out injured. So... That that's forced, I suppose, Dave in his hand. But yeah, interesting to see Bernard Foley back in the squad. Uh, of course, he plays his rugby in Japan now. And but I think there's got to come a stage where you pick and stick, and you, you got to try and find who's the right fly half for the World Cup. I think it's Noel Olasiu after what I saw against um, you know three Test matches against England.
4: Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, he had a. He had a bit of a um, baptism of fire last season with those three tests against the ABs. You know, I, I thought he, he went really well at, at Eden Park, but just left his kicking boots at home. You could have won that one if he would had them, but after that seemed to take a bit of a knock. But uh, he had a great season for the Brumbies and he seems to have kicked on again.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I really like what I've seen for the Brumbies this year from him He's a bit more experienced and he's got more size about him and he's not shy to take the ball to the line. So there must be something in that Wallaby coaching structure that they want to see improvement from from Noah. I'm pretty sure he went back and played club footy back in Canberra, as a lot of Wallabies did. Played club football over the weekend. Um, they want players to get some game time. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what they choose in the next couple of weeks against the Springboks. Because, yeah, as you guys have seen, they're a, they're a pretty outstanding outfit. The Springboks, much better at home in South Africa than they are when they travel.
4: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's obviously Brisbane's always been a strong place for you guys to to host games. Adelaide is not a rugby city. I don't think I'm. Uh, I don't think that you could argue that. How, how do you think hosting there is going to go?
2: Yeah, I think what it's uh, it's come down. to was just trying to spread the game around Australia and. Of course the different state governments in Australia pitch for, for different sporting events and, and Adelaide, you know, want to put their hand up um early, probably because, you know, you look at twenty twenty seven for the rugby world cup, they'd like to host probably a quarter final or, you know, definitely pool games down in Adelaide and show what they can do for rugby. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting. Um be close to a full house, I'm pretty sure. It's a new Adelaide Oval, so Um, atmosphere-wise you're probably a little bit further away than what you normally would like to a bit like sort of Eden Park with that sort of cricket pitch in the middle so um, yeah I think you know Adelaide's a good option, Perth of course the first test match against England as well so some good options around Australia but yeah uh, it was strange we only had one test match in Brisbane that was against England and which we got a pretty good record in Brisbane against most test teams.
4: Yeah, you do. You do. You go pretty well there, mate. Uh, Just talk a bit about your depth at 10 now. I mean, uh, the big news this week was that James O'Connor got axed after that test, the second test, um, from from the squad. Were you surprised? Uh, Because, I mean, that feels like, you know, you're maybe not pinning the blame to him. But when no one else is getting axed, it certainly makes it look like he didn't do what was required.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what Dave Rennie said. He said he wanted James O'Connor's experience. He wanted him to lead the team around and he just didn't get from James what he was looking for. Um, I mean, I know it's different footy, but James O'Connor played club football yesterday in Brisbane and w- was brilliant for his club side brothers. But I know that's a different area. But, yeah, maybe that's his last chance unless there's some injuries at 10. And, you know, Quade, Quade's going to be at least 10 months um, and then you'll that that's pitching you two or three months out from a Rugby World Cup. So... Um, you know, if Quaid can do it, anyone can, but um, he, you know, I reckon he's going to struggle for the World Cup to be able to be at his peak um, post uh, you know, a ruptured Achilles. Um, then you look at who's next, and we haven't got a lot left, so you know, maybe Bernard Foley's there for a few test matches to make sure that you know Noel O'Sue can come through. And uh, We've been short of 10s for the last four or five years in Australia. We haven't brought anyone through.
4: Yeah, it's interesting because I thought there was a couple that really showed promise in Super Rugby this season. Tane Edmed for me, um, I, I, I think he's probably a better prospect than Donaldson, who I know the Waratahs are invested in. Uh, what's your take on those two?
2: Yeah, I thought Tane Edmed was very good this year, and he's a he's a tough player. But I, I even like you know, you know Will Harris and Tane Edmid, Ben Donaldson, oh, they're nowhere near ready for Test football, so they need to play a lot more matches and and get themselves ready for test footy. I think they're a long way off that. Um, there's some other options around, but they're a bit young at the moment. Um, a young fellow called Jack Bowen, who's only 19, um, You know, he's going to be impressive in the next couple of years if he gets out of club footy and can get... He's in the Waratars Academy. Um, so there's, there's some other players around, but we, I just don't think we've invested in key positions the last two or three years for the Wallabies. We've had Bernard Foley there for so long and haven't pulled other players with him through.
4: What about, there's a, there's a kid called Liner kicking around, and I know before the England series there was some talk of, uh, you know, if the Wallabies won the series, they might get Liner as part of the trophy. what, uh, what What's the word there?
2: Uh, well, Michael Liner, he's got two boys. Uh, well, he's got three sons and two play rugby. One's Tom Liner, who is in the Queensland Reds sort of wider squad, came back from England. He's only a young young player, just playing club football at the moment. Uh, and then, of course, Michael Liner's other son, was about to play for England before he got injured late in the season in England. So he would have been on Eddie Jones's touring squad and probably would have played a test match for England. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I think Tom Line is a little while off, and so are some other 10s. Um, yeah, but you've got to bring them through.
4: Yeah, you do, mate, you do. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Tim, uh, I know you probably don't really want to talk about it, but um, the Wallaroos last night against the, uh, the Black Ferns, I thought in that pack 4 series it looked like the wallaroos had bridged the gap a little bit i know they still lost the game but it was it was a pretty tight affair but uh, last night the black ferns were just far too good
2: yeah black ferns a really strong outfit and you know i think the world cup's going to be you know a bit difficult for the wallaroos and and they need to get their act together that was a very poor performance from the girls and you know they you know i, I just think they through COVID, you know, not playing for such a long period of time, I think we've really missed the mark. And maybe we've got to invest more time and money and, and, and also some energy into the, the Wallaroos to to a bit like what the the Aussie Sevens girls have done over the last five or six years, is go and recruit some players some other sport and get them involved to to lift the ability of the girls because, you know, losing by 50 points is not great.
4: No, it's not. I mean, and the other thing that you guys have got to deal with is, I mean, the NRLW is expanding. AFLW yep. is, is, is big, you know. I mean, they're having to move venues because they, they're, they're selling venues out now. They're having to go to bigger venues. So you've got more competition on that front. But in terms of how the funding works and where the priority is, given that it's an Olympic sports Is women's rugby in Australia, is sevens the focus rather than fifteens?
2: Well, sevens has been, but we probably need, you know, not just financial support from Rugby Australia. You need more government support for, you know, the Wallaroos to attract, um, you know, players from the NRLW or AFLW to come across and play rugby. And especially, and I think that that'll have to happen if we're going to be competitive at the next Rugby World Cup, of course, here in 2029 in Australia for the women's game. Um, we've got to be able to go and recruit and we haven't done that well and we've probably got in the Wallaroos you'd probably say half the girls should be there the other half aren't up to, up to the scratch and you've seen that with the scoreline
4: yeah indeed we've got a uh, a second test in Adelaide is there anybody that can come in uh, what changes do you think you, you might see or is uh, are they pretty much hands tied what, what they've got what they've got
2: no, I think what they've got at the moment, that, that's OK. The girls are certainly trying and, and uh, you know, they, they train really hard. But, of course, they all, a lot of them aren't full-time. They're all, all studying or working somewhere else. So until we get to a stage where the girls are potentially most of them all, you know, especially probably 20 to 25 of them are full-time committed and you've got the right players, I think we're going to see score lines like this. But hopefully it'll turn around, um, you know, the match in Adelaide on uh, on Saturday.
4: Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed they, they make it more of a contest. Tim, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Go enjoy the rest of your Sunday, eh?
2: Well, thanks, Ricardo. Good to chat.
4: Good to chat, mate. Tim Horan there with us here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run, 13 away from 3. It's coming up eight away from three o'clock here on SENZ. This is the Rugby Run with Ricardo Ball. No Justin Marshall this week. After three o'clock, Miri Baker, who is a rugby coach, commentator, former player as well, is going to join us to talk Black Ferns before she jets up to the US to do some coaching on the seventh circuit. We're going to catch up with her. Noel Barclay is going to join us, the former all-white as well. Uh, we're going to talk English Premier League and Chatham Cup as well. Another round of uh, Premier League. Uh, we're in the middle of that right as we speak. And I think Auckland City last I saw were leading Wellington Olympic 1-0 in the Chatham Cup semi-final at Kiwitea Street as well. After 4 o'clock, Amish Bennett joins us. We're going to talk cricket. Uh, the has the shine uh, has the shine, shine worn off already? Uh, absolutely pumped by the South Africans in so the first test at Lords, and we'll talk about the Black Caps and the Windies as well. And then at 4.30, uh, Gary Belcher, one of the uh, true greats of the Canberra Raiders in Queensland, uh, he's going to join us. He's part of the SEN call team for the Raiders versus the Titans, and uh, we're going to talk rugby league with him. So, all of that to come between now and five o'clock. Uh, now, half time in those two Bunnings Warehouse NPC matches. And we've got, uh, I said I thought it would be tight. Well, it is. Auckland lead, Bay of Plenty, by 10 to 8. A try apiece in that one, just a misconversion, the difference. And in the Otago-Southland game, uh, it is Otago leading a little bit more, 24 to 15. Southland scored a try right before halftime. Right in the corner, Marty Banks couldn't convert, but that's where it stands at halftime in that match. Uh, the Heartland competition got underway yesterday. Buller beat Mid-Canterbury in the big upset 34-29. to 29. So that was that uh, result. East Coast, they couldn't repeat with their first home win of the season and losing the Horafinua Kapiti, 32-14. to King Country got up over Poverty Bay, probably another upset. I think King Country were bottom last season. They weren't expected to do much this season when I talked to Kevin here during the the week, but 30-22, King Country up over Poverty Bay and a rematch of the final from last year in the Meads Cup, South Canterbury 23, Thames Valley 17. And West Coast got tipped over 43 19 on their own patch by Fonganui. A reminder you can catch on Sky tonight after the Manawatu Hawks Bay game, the last game of the round from Heartland. It is wider up a bush. Versus North Otago, that one being played in uh, Palmerston North. So uh, look out for that because uh, I think it's great. There's so much TV time now for these Heartland teams. Uh, Now, we are going to, as I said, talk uh, to Manny Baker shortly, but we did have another text come through. Uh, This one from JD in Mount Eden. Interesting to hear you saying how Bryn Gatlin has improved his punting. He's also his goal kicking. Uh, dis- the distance on his goal kicking is superb. Um, JD's saying he, he also feels that he's found a half a yard of pace. It was an astute purchase back by the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, it was. I wonder who their director of rugby was. Maybe he's got an inside word uh, at the Chief. Um, you might pick up on that one. Uh, it is five away from three o'clock. Uh, as I said, we are going to be talking. Black Ferns and Palmer Cup as well. Shortly, Mary Baker joins us after 3 o'clock. But the results this weekend, Wellington Pride up 32-13 over Bay of Plenty. Uh, Taranaki, they lost to Northland 29-15. North Harbour have lost at home to Otago 38-22. Canterbury Women a good win over Manawatu 36-19 and a massive win for Waikato over the Auckland Storm. 41 to 5. We'll get into all of that and the Black friends after this here on ECNZ.
3: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.